Hello, friends. Hello, 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 friends. A tradition unlike any other. Oh, 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 oh my goodness. In your life have you seen anything like that? There it is. Adam Scott, a life changer. Mashed potato. Here it, here it, here it, here it comes. Future Golf is Australia's largest golfing community for younger players, providing access to some of Australia's best courses. Your membership includes free rounds, over 100 discounted green fees Australia-wide, a free professional lesson and ex-golf simulator session, and of course, the all-important Golf Australia handicap. The best part though, the price. For 19th Tee listeners, you can get a huge 20% off any Future Golf membership with the promo code the 19th Tee. So if you're looking for a place to play without the jacket and tie, Look no further than Future Golf. Head to futuregolf.com.au forward slash join. And don't forget to use the 19th T promo code for a huge 20% off. Future Golf, play your way. This is the 19th T podcast. Kieran Marsh and Nathan Drudy with you at the beginning of Masters Week, Drudge, which sounds awfully strange to say in mid-November, but I am excited all the same. Yeah, it's, it is a bit of a weird feeling though, isn't it? I mean, seeing all the content pop up of all the, the different colored leaves and stuff and, um, you know, it's a beautiful time to be in America in the uh, fall, as they call it. Um, I mean, Jesus, maybe not so much in the political environment they've got going on at the moment, but we won't touch well, on time that. Time for change. Bit yeah. of momentum. Fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> I mean... Uh, yes, look, we'll leave the politics out of this podcast, but uh, yes, the Masters is upcoming uh, college game day. As you know, one of my favourite uh, college football programs is going to be broadcasting from the Masters, so there's... Wild. I love yeah, that. It's, it's very cool. I mean, look, they're obviously scraping the barrel for content is college game day, <laughs> so um, they're, uh, they're off to Augusta, but uh, uh, some good stuff happening over the weekend as well, which is obviously what we're here to talk about, because our Masters preview will be out uh, later in the week, as will it. Absolute bucket load of other content. Yeah, full schedule. I was about to say, Dreads, coming up this week as we count down to the Masters getting underway, of course, Friday morning Australian time. Uh, mm. Important for our listeners to note, it'll be on earlier than you're used to, given the uh, different time zone at this time of the year over in America. So uh, particularly, uh, and I'll do a bit of running mouths here, so here in Queensland, we're usually um, used to getting up at around 5am, so about 3am Australian Western Standard Time over where you are, Drudes, mm-hmm. to catch the start. Uh, that's going to shift back uh, closer towards 1 or 2am Queensland time, so perfect for you. Mm. That's a nice little 11pm. That's yeah. a bit of dinner, short nap, bed. and straight back up again. I or just won't go to bed. Go straight through, but important for people to note, depending on your time zones, uh, particularly over here on the East Coast, probably closer to that 1, 2 a.m. mark, things mm-hmm. are going to start. So make sure you are setting the alarm clocks. So you don't miss any action. But as you said, Drew, we've got a comprehensive preview coming up a little later in the week, including, of course, our usual tips. Uh, we've also got some correspondence. Uh, that's E-N-T-S, not E-N-C-E. Some correspondence joining us. Uh, from both, hopefully, fingers crossed, Augusta National, but also here in Australia, who have uh, a deep uh, knowledge of the course and, and the Masters tournament themselves. And uh, and a little bit of bonus content coming up through the week, Droids. Mm, yes, exactly right. Uh, there's going to be some good stuff to come out, uh, which I'm sure we'll touch on later in the, uh, in the episode when we get to a, a, a very, very short chat on the Masters because we don't want to use all of our stuff. Don't burn all the, the good preview. stuff. Which as they say. But as you recorded. mentioned, Drew, a busy weekend just gone by. 
We've had an, another Aussie winner ring the bell, Minji Lee. Mm-hmm. Uh, went to the Ladies European Tour, a first-time winner on the PGA Tour, and a bit more to come. So get into that in just a moment, Drews. But we do so, uh, as always, we raise the, the tin thanks to our good friends at Gage Roads Brewing Company, WA's premier independent brewery for more than 15 years, named after the strip of ocean that separates Frontnest and Fremantle. So a nod to our mates at Gage Roads Brewing. So we crack open a beer and head to Dubai, Drews. As I mentioned, another Aussie winner. Uh, which almost brings our total to double figures, if I'm not mistaken, for Aussies winning in the last calendar year uh, around the world on both the men's and ladies' tours. Minji Lee uh, wins at the Emirates Golf Club, the Faldo course in Dubai at night, Drudes, which, might I say, looked absolutely sensational. Yeah, can we start there? Can we just start on the night golf? Please. Phenomenal. Loved it. Very, very, very cool. And, you know, uh, a very big... Hat tip to the team at the Emirates Golf Club, but also to the to the European Tour and, and the Ladies European Tour. Obviously, they're all all one and the same, but continue to push the boundaries where the PGA Tour doesn't. Uh, and to see some of that night golf w- was awesome. You know, the the shot trails and everything going off the ball just into the the dark night sky with the backdrop of the lights. It was it was very visually pleasing. I, I would say. Um, but yeah, it was really cool. Like, I mean, night golf should be a thing. Like I know it would be bloody expensive to, to be able to run it, but I reckon it, it should be a thing. I completely agree with you. And for the life of me, I don't understand why up until a few years ago when the European tour, uh, pioneered this tournament in Dubai, that night golf was, um, the, the loan, the, the, the loan mortgage of, uh, you know, long drive championships at the Nevada desert. I don't understand. Well, that was the only thing going on at night in terms of golf. Because uh, this is fantastic. I mean, Whitney Hillier, who played in the tournament this week, has been on this podcast talking about how much she loves going there. Absolutely mm. loves this tournament. And I can I can understand why. Perfectly, Drew. It's Dubai, if nothing else, can throw an event. Shit, they can throw an event. They do an event so well over in Dubai. Yeah. And this golf tournament is absolutely no different. So, as you say, credit to the Ladies European Tour for innovating. Um, credit to Dubai uh, for you know laying the platform for such an incredible event. And credit to Minji Lee, who was convincing. I mean, even the way that she finished it, 20-25 footer on the 72nd hole to, 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 to round out the tournament. Uh, she was, you know, easily... The the uh, the 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 best sorry wasn't the seventy second hole because of course she went into the playoff with uh, Celine Boudier who has second, one of the best uh, names. second playoff loss for Celine Boudier this year which... yeah great name terrible finisher can't close <laughs> sorry Celine uh, but yeah obviously the playoff there with Minji Lee holding her nerve to to drain that twenty footer to to secure the tournament uh, an impressive victory from Minji and mm. delivering on that, that promise Drew, that, you know, we all know that she has an immensely talented golfer, Minji Lee coming from yeah. an immensely talented golfing family and great to see uh, the hard work rewarded with that, with the victory in Dubai. Yeah, for sure. You know, um, I, I mean, Celine Booty was in control of this tournament mm. for, for a long, long way. And I think I don't, I, forgive me if I get this wrong, I think it was 15 or 16 even where she, she bogeyed and really opened the door and, and Minji obviously just went straight in and, and ended up uh, obviously finishing uh, tied uh, and then went in and, and made that clutch birdie putt as you talked about. But, you know, short of 72 to to open the, the tournament, which didn't really put her in a, a great position, I suppose, when you consider some of the other um 
some of the other uh, scores that were shot around the that first round, but then to to finish with sixty five, sixty nine, I think um, certainly deserves a, a a hat tip and and you know shows a bit of grit and determination for her to get over the line. Um, as you mentioned, immensely talented golfing family, and uh, hey, look, there was a bit of similarity. I might be the only one that thinks about this, but the trophy that she won is there not a bit of similarity to the claret jug? Shades, shades of, yes. Like, uh, I, I just keep looking at it again and again, and I'm like, this, there, I mean, look, it's about 16 times bigger than the Claret Chug, but the design looks very, very similar. Yeah, I, I tend to agree. I tend to agree. I, I mean, we'd never accuse any sort of uh, plagiarism on uh, on tournament trophies. Why not? But Stuff it. <laughs> Call them out. Some influence, maybe some inspiration. Uh, maybe that's as far as we're happy to go. For sure. I don't know. No, that's for sure. Um, <laughs> I think that's the first time we've delved into uh, design of tournament trophies. Uh, I reckon we should do it more. Old episodes. I reckon we should do it more. Tend to agree. Because the Australian, uh, the, the NTPJ Championship, elite trophy. Mm. The crocodile. I'd say, second, I'd say second only to the green jacket that I've seen in yeah. my time watching golf. So Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> trophy chats uh steph kiriaku continuing her good form as well finishing t17 in a in a fantastic run of form obviously good friend of the pod um and a, and a ripping interview as well um and, and whitney hillier obviously as you mentioned playing as well i think she finished around 40 44th year is what we've got here she was nine over but uh yeah still um, putting together some good golf is is whitney so um but yeah but minji lee i mean Look, uh, unbelievably talented golfing family, and I suppose for for Minji and Minwoo to both be winners on uh, on their respective tours this year says a hell of a lot about their golfing golfing ability as a family. Absolutely. So, big congratulations again to Minji Lee, a winner on the ladies European tour. Just a quick one, Drew. Start uh, the men's European tour before we transition over to the United States. Uh, wanted a quick nod to Bobby Mack. Robert McIntyre, uh, one of our favourites here at the 19th Tee, uh, mainly because he lives life to the full, enjoys life, uh, much in the same vein of a you know, Shane Lowry or a, um, Harry Higgs, who obviously has been enjoying life a little bit too much with the COVID-19 positive diagnosis. But uh, uh, Robbie McIntyre, a winner there on the European Tour this week in Cyprus, hell of a location to play golf. So congratulations to Bobby Mack and, and a good friend of the pod, Mav Ancliffe. Mm. Uh, finished, and I need to get this right, Drudes, so bear with me while I'm bringing up the stats. But Mav finished, I think, T41. Uh, yep. But only, uh, and I could have this wrong, only three or four shots behind Robert McIntyre. Which seems remarkable to me. I have no idea. Let I'm me trying to work it out. I'm going to confirm this because I sent it to myself well, earlier I think today. He missed the cart. Did he? <laughs> I don't know. You're doing this door. <laughs> oh, I've got it here. I'm almost certain. Hold the phone. I'm, I probably no, should have definitely loaded. missed the cart. I probably should have loaded this prior. Has he no, missed the cart? Has he? He's definitely missed the cart. Well, that's good. How's the research? Yeah, you've done. Well what there. did I read today? Hold the phone. I'm just going to pull up there. I'm not sure. What I read here, European tour. Uh, yeah, right. No, no, he's done. Yeah. <laughs> he's done no. himself a mischief. Yeah, no, he has done himself a mischief. Oh, well, well, if anyone says, was... It says uh, T41 here. 
Yeah, okay. He's four yeah. under after. Yeah. Yeah, no, don't don't mind me. Don't mind me, folks. We'll uh we'll just we'll just move on. We might even edit this part out as uh in the post production. Absolutely will not be removing that. <laughs> anyway, good for you, Mav. Uh always a always a big fan of the nineteenth and a good friend of the podcast. And that's good form through uh, the first two days, Thursday, Friday. Unfortunately missed the weekend. So uh props to Robert McIntyre, the winner there of the Cypress showdown. In All right, let's go to something that we know what we're talking about. <laughs> Carlos Ortiz, Drewster, mm. a winner for the very first time on the PGA Tour, 118 starts it's taken him to get the win. Uh, he got up by two at the Houston Open. This is a great stat, though. The first Mexican winner on the PGA Tour since Victor Regalado 42 years ago. That's fantastic. The 1978 Quad Cities Open was what Victor Regalado won, who the last Mexican to win on the PGA Tour. Unbelievable. That is a fantastic story. Have you got his uh, profile up on uh, PGA Tour? Carlos or Victor? Because I don't know if PGA Tour would have a, have a profile of Victor from the 1978 Quad Cities Carlos's. Up. Do you have Carlos's up? No, run, it, run it by me. Well, no, I just want to – how old is he? I know how old he is. How old God. do you think he is? Well, I think the reason you're asking me this question is because there's probably a vast difference between how old he is and how old he looks. Yes, he looks correct. about 21. Mm-hmm. 118 starts in the PGA Tour. Well, he's at least mid to late 20s. 29? Yeah, bang on. 29? Yes. That might be the first thing I've guessed correctly. In I was just going to say that as well. You have been absolutely dreadful with your guessing. Yeah, so. miles out. Well, ask me, ask me how much uh, he's had in career earnings. I'd probably be a good 10 or 15 million out. Oh, do you know the answer? Or? I don't because I don't okay. have it in front of me. So 100 and 118. Can you give me a few other things to inform my decision? That's his first win. How many top 10s has he had? I don't know. Uh, career earnings. Come on, give me career earnings. 12 million. 6.1. Yeah. <laughs> That's goodness a no pleasant piece. Oh, goodness, mate. Well, I, I didn't have... You weren't giving me much. You gave me 118 starts for one win. I don't know how many top fives, top tens, top 20, missed cuts. You would be absolutely shithouse on the prices, right? Yeah, terrible. In the terrible. mega showcase, you'd be dreadful. Yeah. I like Larry Edna, though. Anyway, that's that's <laughs> we're going on a massive tangent here. Let's bring it back to Carlos Ortiz, who won by two... The Houston Open, a member, uh, Druids of the Guadalajara Club, uh, mm-hmm. which is remarkable that he's he's managed to get uh, out of Guadalajara, often known for other small white balls, is Guadalajara, sure is. Yeah, Mexico. Uh, so credit to Carlos for for breaking out of the, being a, a badass hombre from the wrong side of the tracks, but uh, a winner by two in Houston. And Over Hideki. Yeah, so a, a Sunday 63 from Hideki. Mm. Wow. Motored on seven under on Sunday. Almost took the tournament away. Yeah. Uh, low round of the day uh, alongside Taylor Gooch and Mackenzie Hughes. So, um, it, I mean, everything started to click for, <laughs> for him uh, eventually. I mean, the putter obviously has been the, the problem for Hideki, um, but uh, seemed to have it working. I mean, four birdies in the last six holes just really came home with a wet sail and, and obviously DJ finishing just a sneaky... Uh, T2 again for Dustin Johnson, which the, the bloke, I mean, for, for someone that we were writing off or, or you know, we were, we were asking the question of where is he, uh, you know, about three, four months ago, uh, 
DJ's really, really turned a corner. So, Well, can we talk about his last six finishes, Drudes? Now, keeping in mind mm-hmm. that this is also a bloke who's come off the back of testing positive to COVID-19. Yes. And the form line for athletes uh, across the board in America who've tested positive to COVID-19 has, has been inconsistent. At best, you only have to look at someone like Cam Newton, who's played like a busted ass for the Patriots in the NFL since coming back from the positive diagnosis. Dustin Johnson, in his last six finishes, second, first, second, first, sixth, and now second coming back from COVID-19. It's impressive. Unbelievable. Second, first, second, first, sixth, second. Yeah, very, very, very That's impressive. phenomenal run of form for a bloke that we were all sitting here scratching our heads going, where is he? Um, a few months ago, obviously came out and, and had um, a really good finish to the 2020 season, I suppose, and, and mm. uh, has continued that into 2021. So, I mean, look, that, that shapes up really well for the Masters for him. Uh, I know, obviously, it's a, um, a very, very different ball game going to Augusta National, but uh, geez, you can't ignore that sort of form line. Uh, speaking of where is he, which is what you said just uh, just prior, DJ, uh, same question could be asked of, of Jason Day. Because uh, this is a player who, for all intents and purposes, we should have been talking about as the winner of the Houston Open, mm. uh, who, as much as we love Jay Day, uh, inexplicably went missing with the tournament on the line roads. Yeah, he did. He had a pretty average sort of runner holes. He was two over through the front nine and then bogeyed 10 and 11 as well. And, and that was all she wrote, really. It was out of contention. And then, you know, made three birdies to only finish one over. So a little bit of positivity there for, for J-Day at the end. But it was, um, look, he was, he was in second place going into the final round. And, um, you know, he'll be as disappointed as anyone uh, to, to have let that slip. But to finish... Yeah, finish one over. I think he'll be um, uh, sorry, one over for the day. Rather, he'll be he'll be very very disappointed with that. Speaking of Aussies, uh, it was a return to competition goal for Adam Scott. His first tournament back since himself testing positive for COVID nineteen. Important in the context of uh, this week's Masters that he had an opportunity to have a hit out. Uh, and a T32 finish, all things considered, Drew's given he's had very little time on the course in recent weeks, is, is pretty good and really important to blow the cobwebs out before heading back to Augusta National. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, obviously, um, as you mentioned, he, he hasn't played a lot of golf for Scotty. I mean, obviously, he went back later than everyone. He was playing nine holes of golf in you know regional Queensland for most of his off time, which... Um, no offence to regional Queensland, it's probably not the best preparation for the PGA Tour, but um, he was, uh, yeah, he's played limited golf and obviously went down with the old COVID and here he is uh, finishing T32, one under. I mean, some some nice rounds of golf, 68, 69 and a 68. It was just the uh, the, the 74 on Saturday, which really hurt him. Um, but uh, I mean, I think you're right in in saying that it's just uh, one of those opportunities to get the cobwebs out and, and get the body moving again and uh, hopefully start to get um, some sort of momentum and rhythm getting into into the biggest week of the season. One other Aussie I want to talk about, uh, noting that Matt Jones finished uh, in outright 63rd at six over. How was Cam Davis's weekend? Now, I tell you, Drudes, uh, this is a player who, in fairness... 
on the volume of the last 12 months, yes, we've had Australian winners. We've had, uh, obviously, Adam Scott's had a win. Um, Cam Smith's had a win. Leash had a win. We've, we've had Australian winners. But on the volume of, of, of golf played across the last 12 months, you could make a case that Cam Davis has been our most consistent Australian on the PGA Tour. Uh, is that a week to forget in Houston, um, heading into uh, an appearance at Augusta National? He, fi- he finished 68th. Stone motherless last at 15 over. Now, bear in mind that the cut after Friday was three over. So he snuck in with uh, Thursday 67, Friday 76, 77, 75, Saturday, Sunday. So his last three rounds, 76, 77, 75, to finish at 15 over, 12 shots clear of what the cut line was on, on Friday. Bizarre week. Weird. <laughs> <laughs> truly, truly weird. We didn't get any nominations for our uh, name uh, that we wanted to. No, that uh, that's that's the fun. reverse Bradbury. That's, yeah, this is that's one re- of the four blokes who fell down. To be honest, yes. yeah, it was that, a disaster. I mean, he had odd. a he had a seven on the ninth, mm. um, which is a par three. I mean, that is that's like me golf. That's that's golf. That's. That's bizarre. I mean, you hate to see it, but there's also a little buddy that loves to see it because he can empathise. That's what yeah. we love about this game, Druids. Really watch true. and empathise. Uh, and, and remiss not to mention Greg Chalmers, the snake, uh, yes. at T50, uh, finishing three over. So he, um, he's, he's been on a couple of boards of late. Obviously not yeah. in contention, but he's making cuts is the old boy, which is great to see. It is great to see. Um, one I did want to mention was I know we always mention the same key players, but Jordan Spieth again. Um, I thought there was some. I'm re- glad you're going there because I was I was going to go there. I thought there were some really good signs early. Um, obviously two under, um, and then he got to three under after ten, and I th- I think he was the outright leader at this point. He was, and then this is the first round, by the way. This is the first round, and then just. Brad Breeder just went absolutely off a cliff. Went bogey birdie, so he's got himself back to three under after twelve. Yep, on bogey Still around the lead. Yep, double. So he's and he's so he's now one over par. Parred the uh, par five sixteenth, double the seventeenth to finish three over after the first day. Yep, and then the then day two was. It wasn't the worst day of golf. I mean, he was only one over par, but um, yeah, it, yeah, but it was uh, nowhere. I just, I just feel like that that is what we see from Speed so often, like it's the Jordan Speed experience. Yeah, like, and I say it every week. It's the old Allen's mixed bag. Like, you just don't know what you're going to get with him because you know, for all intents and purposes, after ten holes, like I, I, I was on board. I was on board for him. Maybe this is the week, you know, he's back home in Texas. He bloody loves it down there. It was maybe, maybe this is the week that it all turns around. His fortunes turn around and then it just goes incredibly, incredibly badly for him Mm. in a stretch of four holes. Mm. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I'm, I'm running short of words. I live in eternal hope and optimism, but I'm running short of words. I never, ever, ever discount his chances at the Masters uh, because he is one of few players who seem to uh, have that course uh, at his will when he wants. Uh, he, he, you know, he's an unbelievable player at Augusta National. Uh, but 
the form line heading in, Druids would suggest that he'll struggle to make the weekend at this rate. So oh, I think, uh, yeah, I think so. If he mm. if he plays like that, then then absolutely he will. I Any live in eternal hope you, and optimism. No. Any other players that you wanted to touch on? Couple. Uh, just in terms of form leading in to uh, the Masters, Tony Finau, uh, a name who has himself returned quite well from a positive uh, case of COVID-19, T24. He went backwards. Uh, Sunday 71 wasn't great. Dropped 16 spots on Sunday. So that's his form heading in. A couple of other names. Um, Francesco Molinari jumped seven spots, Struits, for a T15 finish, 66 on Sunday. Harold Varner, the third, a player who has had his flashes of brilliance this year on the PGA Tour. Uh, We've often seen his name be at an 18, 36 or 54 hole leader at times. Uh, On tournaments, T15, jumped 13 spots with a Sunday 65 today. Um, Shane Lowry, a major champion himself, T11. Terrell Hatton has been in incredible form, shot himself into the world top 10 in the last uh, four to six weeks. He finished T7 with a Sunday 65 himself. And just finally, Drew, the one I want to mention, uh, Saturday 65, Sunday 65 to finish T5, the week before a major Brooks Kepka. Yes, it's uh, ominous, ominous signs. It's like the uh, the Jaws music starts playing in the background, doesn't it? That uh, Brooks is lurking around. So mm. unbelievable. Very, very good. He was Drudes. Wrap your head around this, courtesy of our good friend Justin Ray. He was six point three six strokes gained putting this week. Very which good. Is his best performance in that statistic since his win at the WGC FedEx Invitational last July. <laughs> Unbelievable. Yeah. And you bear in mind, that's the form he's bringing into Augusta National with the putter. At Augusta National, he is uh, the leader of all players' strokes gained tee to green per round at the last three tournaments, last three Masters. Yeah, it's, um, it's ominous. It's warning signs. There might be alarm bells going off. There'd be a couple of people looking over their shoulder, I would have thought. Uh, what I will say, just a temper, any expectations. And that's not just around Brooks. It's around the form that DJ showed uh, this weekend, bearing in mind you know, the way he played last year in particular. He flew home last mm. year. Uh, the form line, Drudes, of uh, people winning or, or playing well the week before leading into a Masters is not great. No, this is true. In fact, I don't believe, uh, and I'm just trying to find the stat uh, as I pad this sentence out, I don't believe anybody has won the week before and then won the Masters. Bearing in mind, a lot of people don't play the week before, but since the year 2000, only three Masters winners have finished in the top 10 anywhere in the world the week Mm. before. That was Phil Mickelson in 2004, Phil Mickelson again in 2006 and Jordan Spieth in 2015. Mm. Only three to finish in the top 10 anywhere in the world the week before the Masters. There you go. That writes off a lot of players, Mm. (laughs) including Jason Day. I just wanted wanted to, after pumping up a lot of tyres there, I just wanted to temper some expectations around what playing the week before means. Albeit, this is an incredibly different year. We Mm. have to acknowledge that. And a lot of these players 
we're just getting reps in this week. That's what yeah. the Houston Open was all about, was just blowing out some cobwebs, getting back in the, you know, in the routine of competition golf before heading to the biggest tournament of the year. But form line suggests that, you know, you play the week before has very little bearing on how you play at the Masters. Any other players, Drew? So I only have one more point on the tournament, but I want to make sure we go through any other uh, players. I just wanted to touch on, uh, or just Sung Jae Im, uh, went up 14 places today, shot three under, which was um, just nice to see him, one, making a cut, but two, uh, having a couple of rounds under par, and uh, and then he had a couple over par as well. So it was a bit up and down, but uh, they are all the players that I had. Um, I was just going to mention on your point about getting reps in at the, the Houston Open, it's, it was interesting. I wonder what um, what it would, would would have been going through the players' heads, um, whether to enter the Houston Open or not. I mean, there obviously golf has seen a number of players test positive to COVID nineteen. The the yes. US is is recording a shitload of daily new cases, more than a hundred thousand. We're going to a big city like Houston. I think it's uh, it's in the top five most popular cities in the US. I just wonder if it played on anyone's mind as to whether to enter it or not because you can track COVID this week. You, you miss the Masters. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, for some players, they may they may never get a shot. I mean, you look at Wacom Neiman is obviously out already, but I just wonder if there's going to be anyone over the next sort of 40, 48 to 72 hours that uh, that we're going to see some withdrawals because they've contracted it. I, I hope it doesn't happen, but I, I just want to put that on the table. Absolutely. I, I think it's a major, major uh, consideration, Drew. So I heard a great interview uh, on the No Laying Up podcast with Matty Kelly, Mark Leishman's caddy, uh, and he said it was the primary reason they didn't play this week. It's because yeah, right. Mark didn't want to risk it. Uh, now, obviously, they've got some other considerations. Uh, Mark's wife obviously has a, an autoimmune condition that makes her quite susceptible to conditions like um, COVID, and, and that's a, a larger consideration and a far more important consideration by way of his family than anything else. But mm. I've got no doubt that it weighed heavily on people's decisions, that it just wasn't worth the risk, particularly yeah. particularly when you consider Druids. We've seen a large number of players now. Well, large is probably unfair when you consider it as a percentage of the people playing each week, but it's not a small number. No. And particularly in the last couple of weeks after a quiet month where we thought we were on top of it and the PGA Tour are doing really well, there's been a little bit of a spike in the last few weeks. Now, that's been with all the controls going on at spectatorless tournaments. Yes. Houston had 2,000 fans every day. And I'm not sure if you watched the last... I know, I know you watched, but for the benefit of our listeners who may not have seen the last few holes today, uh, I wouldn't have suggested social distancing was a high priority on the 18th green as uh, Carlos Ortiz was coming up the 72nd hole today. Yeah. Uh, so you consider that as an added risk with fans being allowed back for the first time at the Houston Open. I, I think it would have been weighed heavily on a lot of people's minds. Yeah, oh, for sure. And I, I'm really just... I don't, I don't know. I wonder if those people who who did miss out, I'd love to ask them the question if it did weigh on their mind. And, and look, I just hope that no one um, does come down within the next sort of 24, 48, 72 hours and they do miss the Masters. Obviously, we don't wish it upon anyone at any point in time, but particularly this week um, when I suppose golf's greatest prize, if uh, you so sit in that camp, um, is up for grabs. But um Anything else on the tournament from your perspective? I've only got one more take. 
just want to talk about the course. Yes, okay, then we might be talking about the same thing. So, uh, new course this year for this tournament. The Houston Open traditionally played, I believe, at uh, the the Houston Country Club, I believe it is, uh, traditionally in mm-hmm. the past. Uh, moved this year to Memorial Park Municipal. Yes. A muni, Druids, or commonly what we'd refer to as a public golf course here <laughs> in Australia. We'll call uh, it a public course because I, I, I dislike the word municipal. I don't know why. Yeah, it's, it, it's a bit odd. It's a bit odd. Uh, but a public course uh, also in downtown Houston, worth noting. So traditionally our tournament's played about 30 minutes outside of the city, which obviously limits the ability for people to attend. This is a course uh, smack bang in the middle of Houston, recently renovated by Tom Doak, um, who... To his credit, is an unbelievable architect, one of the best in the game, but doesn't have a reputation of renovating municipals, druids, no. or public courses. Generally, goes the more high end courses. <laughs> yes. Um, this is a course that you can play, uh, bearing in mind these are winter rates, because this is what's currently, um, uh, you know, winter fall rates. This is what's currently listed on the website. Uh, but you can play for as little as $30. Yes. Weekday, Monday to Thursday. Yes. The course looked unbelievable. Yeah. For a public course in the middle of the city at 30 bucks a round to walk, unbelievable. Well, what I love about it is that there were so many players that shot 80 this week, mm. and that's a professional golfer shooting 80 this week. Um, so for, for a course to be able to, you know, for, for you and I to be able to go out and play there for 40 bucks or whatever the conversion rate, comes it out to it's pretty um it's pretty cool to play the same course that the pros get to play for so cheap and one that challenges them uh where and i'm sure there are there are a number of gettable holes there as well oh, I, I just thought it was fantastic and that was my point as well well done there you go we, um working on the working on the or singing off the same hymn sheet as they say was there anything else i mean that wraps up the houston open that, that wraps up that wraps up everything that's happened this week I think yeah, most of the golfing world. What I would say is, um, you know, bear with us this week. The the rest of the pods are a bit more research than my effort on the European tour. Uh, that's what I would say. Right up the top there. <laughs> no, that's funny. Um, of course, it is Masters week. It is a, as we alluded to, there's a lot of content coming out. Um, and we do, of course, have uh, this episode, which you'll be listening to probably on Tuesday. Uh, Wednesday, we'll be republishing our uh, our part one of our deep dive in Augusta National, the golf course, not the, or the club, I suppose, not the masters so much. So if you'd like a bit of insight information uh, that you'll be able to spit some uh, trivia to your mates while you're watching this weekend, uh, then that'll be a good listen. Thursday, there will be the release of our, uh, obviously our in-depth preview with some, uh, some guests. And then Friday, we'll publish part two of our deep dive on Augusta National as well. So there's a lot of content coming out this week. Um, of course, uh, I mean, the weather is looking pretty average, Marshy. It's going to be a tough old slog out there, I reckon. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a little nervous, Drudes, because I won't lie to you. I mean, the videos have been rolling out already from the official Masters channels. I've been coming since middle to late last week of the drive down Magnolia Lane, of the Greens crew cutting roses by hand. 
you know, of the of of the greens being carefully manicured. I, I've, to be honest, had to tuck it under the belt a few times watching that sort of content. It's, it's been really got the blood flowing, truths, <laughs> and and uh, I'm nervous that I'm going to wake up in the early hours of Thursday, uh, sorry, Friday morning Australian time, and um, be confronted by a wall of rain yeah, and I don't think, on the course. Uh, yeah, I don't think we're going to be getting much play. Uh, in round one, I think there's about 18 mil of rain predicted, uh, which mm. is a lot of rain. Um, so that'll be uh, quite interesting to see how that all goes. Of course, we know that they've got the uh, the sub-air system in place. So, um, I mean, who knows how the course will, will shape up, but the uh, team there do a... Fantastic job, uh, and I'm very much looking forward to Masters Week. What's your favourite hole at Augusta National? I'm oh, scrolling Jesus through. Jesus Christ, <laughs> that is wow. Loaded question, but what's uh... wowy? Look, I I probably prescribe to the the train of thought that suggests the Masters doesn't start until the back nine. Uh, yes, I would agree. That's where the action happens, and that's I mean that's unfair. There's some fantastic holes. Uh, on the front nine. For me, probably in particular, I think six springs to mind as a terribly underrated hole on the front. But uh, it's it's genuinely tough. I love... Look, it's probably 13. 13's for me where you can really mount a charge for the tournament. If you can come out of Amen Corner... You know, maybe par one under in your flying, and then thirteen's your opportunity to really go after something. I I, I love thirteen. I thirteen really, I, particularly on Sunday, you got guys who throw caution to the wind. You know, two or three shots back, and they need to chase shots, and thirteen's the place to do it. Thirteen really lights up the tournament for mine, but uh, I would think thirteen is probably my favourite hole. Yes, it's hard, isn't it? It's like you look at them all. Like I love number ten. I just think number ten is such a good golf hole. And you you talk about the way to start the back nine. You know that's the first playoff hole. Uh, should it go to that? But just the slopes and the elevations and the bunkering there is just oh, I just love that golf hole so much. I reckon it is one of the great par fours in the world, and I don't think we we give it enough appreciation. Obviously. You know, <clears throat> number 11 gets a lot of love, as does number 12 is probably the most photographed bloody um, course in the world, a uh, hole in, in the world. Um, I just love number 10 a lot. Anyway, we'll get into more of that on our preview episode when we record that. <laughs> it's, uh, that's, just thought I mean, I'd throw that's, that at you. Yeah, that's, well, that's, I mean, Jesus, I think we could do, we could probably do an entire episode on what is your favourite hole uh, at, <laughs> they're all so good at Augusta National because that's yeah look I've got a really I'm torn here Drudes I've got a really really good stat about 13 and I don't know oh. whether I should hold it oh, I'm going to have to run it now because I've spoken so much about 13 or maybe you know what hey hey, this is good good, good radio we'll hold it hold it and okay. so then the people come back and they listen to the next episode let me give you a little tease okay it involves Anthony Kim oh, okay alright excellent all right, you hold on to that, and when we record our uh, next episode, um, then you can you can hit me with it. But uh, for everyone that's listening now, you have to wait till Thursday to hear about Anthony Kim and, and uh, hole number 13. 
Excellent, Dreads. Looking forward to it. Enjoy Masters Week. You and I are probably going to talk more in this week than we do in, in most normal ones, which is mind-boggling to think that it'll be more than we usually do. But I, I for one, look forward to it. Yes. And if you are so inclined, you'll hear us a lot more than you usually do in Masters Week. So yes. don't forget to subscribe, uh, rate the podcast, throw in your questions. Uh, we will be taking questions for the preview episode. So lodge them via uh, the gram at the 19th T podcast and we look forward to bringing you uh, the latest and greatest ahead of uh, the Masters starting Friday morning Australian time. Uh, Can't wait mate and I'll look forward to chatting to you throughout the week.